Welcome to the Planet Mikey Podcast. Episode 93. Powered by Resonate, the greatest dispensary in Massachusetts. Located in beautiful Worcester at 1191 Milbury Street. For all your cannabis needs, purest CBD, the finest products from a company that cares about you, go to iResonate.com. Resonate, the official medical and recreational dispensary of the Planet Mikey Podcast. Okay, here we go. He's about to get crazy and wild. Stay for a while. Don't touch a radio dial. Kicking it back. Sports talk. Listen to that and stay tuned for some giggles and laughs. Go. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Planet Mikey Show. I can't believe that we have actually congregated here at the the Pelham Island Studios 93 consecutive episodes without anybody being sick. No one's coming in drunk or throwing up or acting like an asswipe. Well, Ben. Well, Ben, yeah, Ben. He, then again, I he, thought you spared no money on that opening, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> that voice you're hearing is the voice of our special guest tonight. Let me just tell you a little bit about him. It's like, this is like, what's my line? Okay, I'll, I'm going to surprise the audience with this one. <laughs> this gentleman who is about to join us for episode 93. Uh, just a quick thing. You're not going to surprise the audience because they're already going to know they're going to be listening to him? Because his name's going to be in the title of the show. Oh, yeah. Don't say so who it is. It's not a surprise. Ben, are you drinking again? <laughs> oh, this guy hour. was a three-sport athlete at Anoka High School. Now, where is that, you say? It's Anoka, Minnesota, of course. Anoka, yeah. It's a northern suburb of uh, the Twin Cities. Uh, he earned letters in football, basketball, and baseball. He was the captain of the of the high school team. He was the team MVP. He went on to North Dakota State University. He was named a two-time All-American, team captain, and MVP in football. Then he was selected by the New England Patriots, a little local team we got here uh, that represents us in the NFL, uh, in the second round of the 1974 draft. He went to the Pro Bowl three times. His number 57 jersey was retired by the Patriots, and he's in the Patriots Hall of Fame since 1993. He had, get this number, what's a perfect number for a Patriot? Lifetime tackles, 1776. Seventeen hundred seventy-six tackles and eight times uh, in his 14th season as a Patriots, he he had a uh, hundred, no nine times, a hundred or more tackles in the course of a year. He's our good friend from way back when. Howie Carr. No, no, it's Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Nelson, Nelly, uh, Mike. What the hell's going on with your brother? Is that really you? That's me, man. It's me <laughs> in good, the flesh. Good. How you? Everything good with you? What's going on? What are you doing for fun? The Lord has blessed me, Mike. I'm doing well. My family's doing well. We just talked a little before. You know, I had a daughter that had COVID, but she's fine. And um, she's out in Oklahoma. She's, you know, Cameron's 44 years old right now. But she's fine. And uh, life is good. Uh, can No complaints. And feeling pretty well. So um, That's good to hear, man. That is it's good, good to, to hear. talk to you, too. Because, like you said, we haven't we haven't. You know, talk for a long time. And I haven't we were, seen uh, you. I used to see you all the time over at the radio station. Then, uh, I don't know, you want moved on to bigger, better things. I got fired. So, <laughs> 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 what are you going to do? You know, it's all part of the game, especially in the radio business. Um, you probably uh, are as plugged in as you've always been to what's going on in football. Let me start with the, the obvious question. Uh, what are your thoughts on What's going on now from a political uh, perspective of, you know, the anthem and the and the kneeling and all the I don't know. It's just it's weird, isn't it? 
Well, it is, and I think you kind of summed it up. I, you know, I don't have any idea what's going on either. Um, you know, it's um, Mike. I'm telling you, when I, when I played football, I, I you know my number is like you said, fifty seven. 56 was Andre Tippett. Andre was from Newark, New Jersey. Yep. 58 was Pete Brock, who was from Beaverton, Oregon. You know, three different locations, you know, black and white. And there's something special about a huddle in football. You know, you, you're totally colorblind. And um, that's what's so great about team sports in general, but football specifically, because, you know, it takes 11 guys to execute every play, offensively and defensively. And, you know, you don't have time for all this, this you know, um, stuff. So, but it's, you know, obviously it's, it's, a, it's a challenge facing our country. And, and um, you know, I, I think uh, you have the right to do whatever you want to do. And, and uh, I, I, you know, support the players who take a knee. And, and um, it just feels different, you know, though, doesn't it? It, 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 it does. This is a crazy year. You know, there's no, there's no betting in the stands, you know, and everything else. But, uh, you know, again, um, it's, it's good. It's good. It's back on, on, you know, and, and you get a chance to see some sports and, and they're coming around now. And, um, this is going to be like a crazy time in you know, the next couple of months as far as all the different leagues yeah, the crowds, and, the playoffs the, and, and the NFL in the middle of their season. So The fake crowds are what killed me. You know, Smitty yeah. and I were talking about this. The cardboard cutouts, a guy can hit a home run and the ball goes off the cardboard cutout and it falls down like a <laughs> shooting gallery target at the amusement park. It's like, what the hell is this? Yeah. It's a yeah. freak show. It's nuts. Well, sometimes you say the crowd's just showing up very late. Right. So you don't see them for, you know, the whole game. Well, you, you know, the early days of the Patriots and, and the Schaefer Stadium stuff. Yes. Well, you know, that's not unfamiliar. We to that sometimes. Some of the early Pats guys that were around. Speaking of the early Pats guys, and I know we got, you know, you can talk, we can talk about the, the obvious, which is, you know, Brady's gone and all that. But I want to talk to you just real, real quickly about some of the guys you played with when you first came to the team. Uh, and it's like so the 76 team had some real characters on it. You were a pretty young guy. You had Grogan, who I consider to be one of the toughest quarterbacks I ever watched play. He got hammered. He ran the ball all the time. He didn't come out of game. This, this guy was a tough guy, and I'm not sure that the quarterbacks of today's football could be compared to him when you talk about overall gritty toughness. Do you agree with that? Well, I, I think um, the game has changed so much, you know, Mike, that I still think there's guys who have that type of toughness that Steve had, obviously, but you just ask to do so many more things. Like, like Newton, I guess Newton was the last guy, uh, you know, his 75 yards, uh, I think up until, you know, Steve uh, had the last, the last time where a quarterback rushed for more than anybody in the team, you know, on their team right. was when Groves did it back like in 78 or whatever. So, uh, you know, he's a physical player. Cam Newton's a physical player. And um, I think you're just asked to do different things now. And uh, every change, every position has kind of evolved into something differently. Um, that's why I see these, you know, these players who play a real long time, like a Brady and, you know, guys who coach, you know, like Coach Belichick, uh, what they've seen and, and how the game has you know, changed and, you know, the uh, personnel categories, the formations, emotions, you know, all this stuff that you, know, you get, try to get a pre-snap read has, uh, you know, back when I played, you just lined up, you had, you know, you had two backs tied in, two wide receivers. Yep. A third and long, you took out a tight end and put a wide receiver in. That was 
basically about it, you know. So sure. there wasn't a lot of substitution. But as an inside linebacker, you know, back in the day, people don't inside linebackers don't make interceptions. You had a whole bunch of them, and it, it, it that not only attribute to what you know your ability to be smarter and pay attention uh, better than some of the other players, but. It's also, you know, a mobility thing. You know, you had all those tackles and you grabbed some fumbles when they were loose balls, but you also made interceptions because you were involved in the play. It doesn't seem like linebackers do that much. Well, again, back then, you, you know, linebackers played all three downs. You know, now there's such right. a, like a, you know, they, they're, there's a first and 10 group and then there's a second and long group and a second and short group sure. and a third and long group. And, you know, so it's more, you know, specific now and uh you know back again when when i was playing in the 70s and 80s there wasn't that wholesale personnel category change so you know really we, we played all three downs and you know i probably played 10 years and then you know starting to get in the 80s mid 80s you know on third and long i'd come out and uh you know because my covering you know my coverage uh was slipping you know i just I'm getting older, but, um, <laughs> that'll happen. <laughs> that's what happens. That's right. And, uh, yeah, but it was a different game. It was the same deal, same game. It is right now, but it's just so different than it was when I was playing. And you know, what I was really surprised that Mike on, uh, on Sunday and watching the games and the Kansas city game when they opened up on Thursday night, how prepared those players were, you know, and I thought they would without any practicing and you know, any preseason games where you got to start hitting and stuff. And I know coaches right now are very careful about, hitting within practice. Sure. You know, I was surprised how good the tackling was, you know, there's, you know, the games I watched, there was good tackling and, uh, you know, that's a testimony to the players. And, um, you know, I thought for the first, for the first game of the year, they played pretty good. What's the biggest difference from the, because a lot of criticism comes in on what the league has done as far as taking away the pass interference, well, the pass interference is one whole separate issue, but the, what the refs do and the refs call out there and, and some of the things that are made to, to protect the players, I guess the health of their cranium in the long haul, uh, they've made these changes, but do you think that in some ways that's, I always worry when they're running down the field, it's going to be a long pass. It's like, where's the flag? I know there's going to be a flag here. You know? Yeah. I know you're talking about Mike. Drives you nuts. Yeah, it does. It, you know, it really puts the defender, you know, and, and, you know, in a position where, you know, it's not really, uh, he can't, he can't compete for the ball sometimes like the other guy. And, and the one thing about, you know, uh, the, you know, the defender has as much right to that ball as, uh, as a receiver does. So, right. But I, I know you do, and I get frustrated too because you know, a guy we battling, battling, you know, 30, 40 yards downfield, you know, you know, they're hip to hip, and, and the ball's up in the air, and all of a sudden you see a flag come up, on a, you know, ball that's catchable, but again, it was just good coverage, you know, it, it wasn't, and um, it really is a huge play, you know, it's a, it's a, they mark the ball where the, the spot is a spot foul, so it can be a huge uh, change in the game talking to Steve Nelson he played for the for the uh, Patriots from 1974 to 1987 of the uh, coaches you played under who was your favorite it could be for personal reasons or for what they accomplished but your favorite coach as you played for the Pats uh well you know Mike that's interesting because I was I was talking to a guy was I was talking to a guy today about you know uh the whole Belichick Brady deal. I, I, I had my position coach. I had Bill Parcells one year and that was a real treat for me. It was, I was kind of a, I was seventh or eighth year in the league, you know, so I was kind of, I was a veteran, but, uh, you know, I, I learned so much from him and, uh, you know, he's just, he was a great coach and he, he, uh, I remember the 
things he, you know, be on time and have a good attitude. Mm -hmm. That's what he did from us. You know, if we were late, you might as well forget about it. You weren't going to play. And if you had, you know, if you're questioning things and had a bad attitude, it, it was, it was, it was a bad deal with Parcells. But he was, I really, that he motivated players. He challenged players. And, uh, I really loved Bill. He was a one, and, one uh, of a kind, yeah. one of a kind guy to work for. I mean, you hear those stories from everybody, and uh, you know, just his caustic, the things he would say, and the way he would try to motivate people by being kind of sarcastic, was probably legendary as well. You you played with John Hanna, John Hanna Hall of Famer. I, I got to tell you this, you might you might even heard this story. I was doing a live radio show with. Uh, with Glenn Ordway and Fred Smurlis, and we were parked in a trailer out in front of, uh, you know the trailer that was out in front of <laughs> Foxborough. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, we're talking football, whatever, all of a sudden, boom, somebody smashed into the trailer. Uh, and it's like, and Smurlis goes, I think someone just drove into us. Ordway goes, I think so, too. Someone hit our trailer. All of a sudden, the door oh, swings open. It's John Hanna. John Hanna, he had driven his truck into our trailer and just left it there and walked in and joined the show. We're like, Glenn says, did you just hit the – he goes, yeah. <laughs> he didn't care. Well, that guy was a lunatic. Still is, I'm sure. But uh, do you have any stories about, about the legendary John Hanna that you could tell us on the air? I mean, on the air, on the podcast. See, we can't even swear. Uh, geez, I, I know he, he was the best player I ever saw. And, uh, you know, he was, I think – part of his greatness was that he practiced, you know, harder than anybody else did. He did. And you know, he did. He, he was, he, every, every snap you took against him was full speed. And, you know, most of us wanted to kind of go through, you know, the week and get healthy for Sunday. Well, John was every, <laughs> every play he was full out. And oftentimes I had to go against him because we had an odd, defense you know and and i was head up on a, a guard and we would go ones would go against the other ones so i i, I would uh and he would just keep hitting me and I, I for you know after a while i just started laying them you know he'd fire out and i'd kind of just be like a bullfighter and and he'd go flying and <laughs> he'd get so pissed at me and i'd do it a couple times and then, then i'd call some rookie in to take my shot my, my place you know who had no idea what was going on and he stood in there and hog would come off and that that you know player and just rock him <laughs> and uh, you know, I, you? I felt kind of bad really after a while mike was doing it but you know playing against a guy that good though really has to kind of help you against when it maybe lesser people at his position when you had had oh, the game absolutely absolutely but you know it does it you get beat up during the week and you're not 100% physically you know physically ready to go on on uh, kickoff because you're just pounded down yeah, right. so much right. and you know john was john was you know 6 foot Two and a half, six foot three, two hundred and eighty-five pounds. He could do the splits. He could, you know, bench press. You know, four hundred and twenty-five pounds. That's all. And he, <laughs> he was. <laughs> what a, well, I know it's not up to your standards, but what a little punk uh, he was. <laughs> <laughs> you want if the one guy you wanted in the alley yeah. would be John Hanna. Yeah. And you know he's he's a great teammate. He's a great teammate. And uh, he's down living down in Alabama right now. And uh, in fact, I went and visited him a couple of years ago. A friend of mine and, and me went down there and watched uh, LSU play Alabama. And uh, spent you know we had dinner with John the night before. We ate at some little some little roadside cafe. Everything was fried. You know, pickles were fried. Every, everything Even was the fried. pickles were fried. And <laughs> and it closed up at eight o'clock. It was no no liquor was served. And it closed at eight o'clock on a Friday night. 
That's that's <laughs> weird, <laughs> that's, man. Isn't that, isn't that wild? That yeah. is nuts. Uh, okay, Steve. Now this is my our, one of our sponsors here, and anybody who knows me knows I know a little bit about the uh, the world of cannabis. And the best dispensary that I've found in the entire Commonwealth of Massachusetts is a little place called, it's, it's medical and recreational, by the way, it's called Resonate in Worcester. Now, for those of you who don't want to uh, involve your pain-killing procedures with pills or opioids, we all know that the way to go is cannabis, right? So if you're a medical patient in particular... Uh, or it's a recreational from out of from out of town. You come from Rhode Island, come from Connecticut. Let me tell you that you got to stop at Resonate. That should be your dispensary of choice at 1191 Millbury Street in Worcester. Are you writing this down? What a company this is. What quality products they have from seed to weed, from tinctures to edibles to... Uh, Applicable. What's that stuff when you, uh, when you lotion? Topical? Is it topical? I'm rubbing Topicals. my, I'm rubbing my arm right yeah. now. It's, uh, it's <laughs> that's my arm. A lotion, a serum. 1191 Millbury Street. Oil. That's not your arm. <laughs> that's that's not my tincture. Uh, go to uh, the, the, the good folks <laughs> resonate. Tell them Mikey Adams was talking about them in a very positive way. Ask them if the Blue Dream is in yet or the lava cake, and uh, they'll take good care of you. Or go to iResonate.com, and I'll run into you over there next time I'm over there because I have a lot of pain. Not the kind of pain that Nellie must have. Nellie, after playing how many, four, 13, 14 years? What did you play? 14. 14 years. Uh, yeah. 1,776 tackles. Do you have any, like, sore parts of your body that are, are from football injuries back in maybe the late 80s? Oh, yeah. I had, um, <laughs> Mike, I had, uh, I had, I think, six surgeries from football. I had two of my right thumb. And, you know, and, and again, you know, two of my right thumb, two of my right knee where I uh, tore my ACL. Oh. Oh. And then two on my left shoulder where I uh, had a posterior dislocation and I cracked my humerus and um the funny bone no no (laughs) well that's right it is funny (laughs) and anyways that and that uh you know since then i had both my hips replaced and uh holy cow man but i got i got i got got nothing to complain about because i I can get around yet i I work out almost every day and um so you know my golf swings you know sucks but that's that all sucks so you you know what they you know what they (laughs) they 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 grow them tough on, on the banks of the rum river did I make a reference? The Rum River. Wow, you've done your homework, buddy. Ah, yeah, the Rum River on both sides of the of the uh, the river. I think they have. Twin you know banks. that you know that there's two rivers that meet in my hometown of Anoka. One is the Rum River. You know what the other one is? No. Come on. Um, the Skeezy Wasilizit. <laughs> well, that's that's an Indian that's the Indian name for it. yeah the Shoop Shoop Bo- Betty Boots. It's a Mississippi. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Well, see, that's just a little river. That's nothing. It's the old Miss, the old Man River. That's true, huh? So now, what yeah. what did you make of all that stuff that happened in Minneapolis? That must have kind of rubbed you the wrong way, huh? All that terrible stuff yeah, that went that, down. That that's uh, that's troubling, and uh, you know, I, I, you watch these businesses that generations have been working there and building business up and all of a sudden they're destroyed and they just wonder, you know, why, you know, you can protest, but as soon as you start looting and damaging, that's, that's over the line. That's where I had to stop. You got it. Oh, you got, you got to come down hard on them. And, and, um, you know, protesters are fine. Just don't break anybody else's stuff. You know, how 
Simple as that. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, Steve Nelson, I want to ask you about Russ Francis because I always liked Russ Francis. Was he the early version of Gronk in in some ways? I mean, he made the catches, but he was also a great blocking tight end, uh, as I remember, and and a complete lunatic off the off the field. He was the he was Gronk and Burt Reynolds in one person. <laughs> He's. And you're right about he he could get downfield. He you know Russ was about. In fact, I just talked to Russ a couple of weeks ago. He's down in Connecticut right now. Yeah. And uh, maybe if I I'll, I'll uh, well I'll talk off air a little, but I, I'll give you his number. Maybe you can get a hold of Russ. He, you know he's he's great on yeah, the show. Yeah, I had I won an Emmy for a TV show. He came on the '90s on Necking with me. We, my first Emmy was because Russ no, Francis. Really? Yeah, he Your was the guest. Emmy. Yeah. How many you got? I got I had three. Nice. Yeah, and it's and it's tough to get tough tough to get an Emmy in TV when you look like a blocked punt. How dare you! <laughs> I tell you one story about Russ Francis. Yes, Russ. Uh, we played the Cowboys down there, and they had a outside linebacker named Henderson, Thomas Henderson, yes. who was a really good player, but he's a loudmouth. Hollywood, Hollywood, Hollywood yeah. And he was kind of giving Russ, you know, I'm gonna, you know, do this to you, Russ. I'm gonna do that to you, you know, before the game. And Russ came in the locker room and, and took the uh, tape, you know, the 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 uh, where the tape goes on, the little kind of tunnels. Yeah. And he put them on his thumb and his fingers, and so he had them all taped up. And his thumbs were like you couldn't he couldn't bend his thumbs. If they threw him a ball, he couldn't catch it. But his thumb, he'd, he'd take those thumbs and, and, you know, Russ was six foot four and a half. Yeah. Oh, bigger than that, man. Wasn't he about six, six or he, something? He's listed at six, six, two forty on pro yeah, football. I was going to say six, six. Really? Is he, was he six, six? Yeah. Anyways, he'd come up with, with, with those thumbs and hit Henderson and Henderson didn't want anything to do with Russ after the first couple series. <laughs> and he, he must've been saying to himself, why did I open this, you know, can of worms? Yeah. Uh-huh. But Russ, Russ, Russ was not a, um, Russ didn't like to practice, uh, but when he played, he played hard, and he never made any mental mistakes. You know, he kind of teed off some guys for, you know, not playing, not practicing all the time, but yeah. he didn't care. He was a good – I remember and he was a good blocker. and, and, and he, if anybody, Oh, he was. If a guy, he was a great player. If you can survive a motorcycle crash in Hawaii, you know, going 70 miles an hour like Russ did, you probably <laughs> can survive a lot of things in the NFL. Steve, what was the, uh, what was the best team you played on, those late 70s teams or that mid-80s team? That made the Super Bowl. You know, I it's uh, a great question. I, I think that '76 team we had. Uh, I love that team because you know Steve Grogan should have been the MVP of the league that year. He had a great year. Yep. And we were young, and uh, you know we had uh, three number ones that year. We had Pete Brock, Tim Fox, and Mike Haynes. We had um, three drafts in '73. We had three number ones: Sam Cunningham and Daryl Stingley. And hog. So you I mean we had we had a really young core of really outstanding players, and uh, you know we, uh, I think we went uh, seventy six. I think it was only fourteen games. Yeah, in. So went, I think we we're like eleven and three. You were eleven and three, yeah. and then eleven and five in seventy eight. Yeah, in eleven and three, and but the only loss that Oakland had that year, seventy six, was they came in. To Foxborough, and we beat him like forty-eight to sixteen. That was their one loss. Their that only was their one loss, yeah. including winning the Super going all the way to the Super Bowl. And then we went, we went out to um, you know teams match up, you know, really well. We matched up with Oakland, and no one else did. Right. And uh, you know, we had a couple of really good corners, and and you know, we had the, they had they had 
Cliff Branch and Blitnikoff and Kenny Stabler. You know, they had they had a, a really a, they must have had three or four Hall of Famers. Art Shell, Upshaw. You know, they, they yeah. had on our, on their offense alone. But we could run the ball on them, and we had four or five backs that year. You know, Donnie Calhoun and and Sam, Sam and, the Bam, and Andy Johnson, and I mean, we just pounded the crap out of them. And behind our offensive line, you know, Leon Gray and, and John and, and Bill and Kytus. Yeah. So it was, uh, that was the best team I think I played on. Sam Cunningham and, uh, told me one time, Nelly, that uh, I asked him this point, point on a sports show. I said, what, who, which is the last guy you want to see as you come through the line with the football? He said, oh, it's Jack Lambert. He didn't even hesitate. I said, why? He said, because he'll bite you. <laughs> <laughs> Does that sound real? Yeah, well, Jack was, you know, Jack was drafted the same year I was drafted. And he was drafted in the second round also from Kent State. And um, Jack, uh, Jack, he, well, he's about 6'4", but he only weighed 218 pounds or something like that. But he would bite you. Yeah, he'd bite you. But, you know, he's got, he had he had Pat's Holmes and he had, you know, Joe Green and, you know, they had a lot of guys around that, so if yeah. something ever happened, you know, he'd be protected. Right. But Jack was a great player, and he had he had great cover skills. And uh, one thing about him that I, I always amazed me was being so lean, he could still take on guards. And, Anybody. And, he was know. a mean person. He was very, very tough. Hey, I want to ask you a, a couple of food questions because I, I know I'm going to, but I have to do this next commercial because they're paying us big money. I mean, Steve, unbelievable big money for this commercial. <laughs> oh, well, hey, I'm right with you, man. We got nothing but vices on this show, you know, as sponsors. Uh, the football season is back, and you can bet on football. Yeah. You know how you do it? You go to betonline.ag. BetOnline is going the extra mile. Make sure you get in on everything imaginable this season from spreads to totals to team player, coaching props, everything. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And you can get in on the, their bonuses today by starting your wagering process uh, and bet on everything that ever happens in the future of the NFL. Maybe when they're going to put masks on. Maybe when they're going to stand for the anthem. What do you bet? Whatever you want. Head to betonline.ag on, uh, today and Take advantage of the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline.ag, your online sports book experts. Now, I got a list of food. I went oh, you on... do? Are you, are you selling some commercials, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should see my wardrobe now. It's the same exact goddamn wardrobe you saw me in about 10 years ago. You look beautiful. W... That's a beautiful suit you have on there, Thank Mike. you very much. You like the spats? <laughs> I do like those spats, yeah. Uh, I'm going to name some. I saw this thing online. It said, things that boomers think, uh, foods that boomers think are cool. And I thought, I looked at the list. I didn't see shit on here that I like. <laughs> so I'm going to ask Boomer, Steve Nelson, born 1951. And, and, and I guess... Probably, Smitty, you're a boomer. And then Ben, who's not a boomer, he's, what are you, a millennial? Yep. Okay. But just yell out yes if you've eaten these foods and no if you haven't. Ready? Fruitcake. Yes. yes. No. <laughs> Brand cereal. Yes. Yes. Vienna sausage. Uh, no. No. Sardine? No. Sardines? Yes. No. Once. Uh. <laughs> Once, <laughs> never again. I had a girlfriend I used to call her sardines. Uh, I, I can't tell you why. Oh, there's got to be a story behind that one. <laughs> Tuna casserole. Now, I checked that one off as one that I have had. I had it once. I've, I've had that also. No. Artificial sweeteners? Wait a minute. Did the tuna casserole have peas in it? 
I'm not sure. Yes, they did. Yeah, that's. Uh, we had a lot of casseroles up in Minnesota. That's a big, big state for casseroles. That's it, and and probably a lot of Dairy Queen uh, up there. Yes, because I used to own a Dairy Queen, and I, I went to Minneapolis to go to Dairy Queen school to learn how to run a Dairy Queen. It was the goddamnedest thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> you owned you owned a Dairy Queen? I owned a Dairy Queen in Vernon, Connecticut, for like one year. I lost my ass, Steve. <laughs> Yeah, because all of a sudden winter happened and nobody was buying ice cream. All right. How about creamed corn, you guys? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Fish sticks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Limburger cheese. No. 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 Tapioca. Yes. No. Yeah. Here's one Pete Shepard's had. Shepard's pie. Yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) He's he's made a few of his own pies, too. How about grits? Yes. No. I've had grits. You have. They, they're tasteless, aren't they? They don't taste like anything. No, uh, yeah, you gotta you gotta add all the stuff to it, uh, uh, sauce and stuff like that. How about prunes? Yes, you've had well, occasionally when I when I'm when I'm struggling. When you, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta keep the line moving. That's it. That's right. That's it. Lima beans. I see. I've checked off out of these thirty foods. I checked off six that I've even had at all. Lima beans. I've had lima beans. Yeah. So healthy. I don't think I've had lima beans. I also had a bag of dried prunes. You know, those they look like little candied prunes. Right. They're like figs. Yeah. 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 And they were delicious. And so, of course, I smoked a joint. And then I said, hey, I think what's I'll, wrong with you? I'll have a couple of these prunes. And then after a while, I ate like nine of them. What's the matter with <laughs> you? You ate a bag of them. Oh, Jesus. I'm telling you, man. That was, uh, <laughs> follow yeah, That was interesting. All right. Now, Steve, I know you probably never heard this podcast before, but we have a regular feature on here musically. This is what we usually wrap up the show with this. We, but before we wrap it up with this musical feature, we'd like to invite you to listen to it because it's Joe Castiglione and Jerry. Jerry Truppiano doing a duet as we thank the great number 57, Patriots Hall of Famer, retired number, Steve Nelson, linebacker, one of the top 10 Patriots of all time without question. Steve, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Oh, it was good talking to you, Mike. Thanks, guys. Now, now listen carefully to this song. Tell, tell me if you like it just as much as you should because it's Joe and Jerry, and it's a little. Let's get him in here. Joe? Jerry, go sit right here. Go ahead, sit right here. Thank you. I got this chair, Joe. This is a song done by Thin Lizzy. It's a Scottish band. Their lead singer was a, what was his name again, Troop? I think it was Phil Lynott, Joe. <laughs> That's right, Phil Lynott. <laughs> Boys are back in town. Guess who just got back today? Them wild-eyed boys that had been away. Haven't changed, haven't much to say, but man, I still think them cats are crazy. They were asking if you were around, how you was, where you could be found. I told them you were living downtown, driving all the old men crazy. The boys are back in town. (laughs) I said the boys are back in town, Joe. The boys are back in town. John John. Is it time for me to sing? Not yet, Joe. Christ's sake, wait your turn. Here I go. You know that chick that used to dance a lot every night? She'd be out on the floor shaking what you've got. Man, when I tell you she was cool, she was red hot. Can you believe it? And that time over at Johnny's place, well, this chick got up and she slapped Johnny's face. Man, we just fell about the place at Shaw's. If that chick don't want to know, forget her. 
the boys are back in town. I said, the boys are back in town, Joe. I heard you, asswipe. <laughs>